Hello everyone, my name is Michael and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Climate. I love to cook. Currently I'm really into Mexican. My coup de gras at the moment is smoky roasted chicken tacos with a goat cheese jalapeno sauce. Currently I'm cooking on our old gas stove, which stood here when we moved in. But that's about to change. I used to belong to a tribe of people thinking that cooking with gas was just better. After all, the pros does it, right? Think again. As it turns out, the whole hashtag cooking with gas thing is yet another fossil fuel industry propaganda play to get you to share your love for fossil fuels. So yes, if you like me, thought cooking with gas was better, then you've been fooled by the fossil fuel industry. In fact, the fossil fuel industry is actively waging wars against cities who try to block new gas hookups, as Seattle tried to last year. They are using clever PR firms like CPE Strategic to design campaigns and lobby politicians to prevent citizens from doing what Seattle tried to do. This company was literally given the job to develop an action plan targeted at countering 350's efforts and stopping local governments from enacting restrictions on gas according to a summary document of the work quote I just read, uh, we have a link to of course. And they don't even shy away from using a pandemic like COVID to threaten lawmakers into killing anti-fossil fuel regulation. In April 2020, SoCal Gas and its union threatened San Luis Obispo in California, who wanted to make it easier to build all electric buildings by launching last protests where, quote, there will be no social distancing in place. Think this only happens in the US? Think again. It's spreading all over the world. And these fossil fuels manipulations are not even the worst part, not by a long shot. Do you have kids? Kids have a 42%, read that again, a 42% higher risk of getting asthma in homes with a gas stove. 42%, that's a coin toss of a difference whether your kids develop asthma or not. In a study from Australia, 12% of all childhood asthma cases was found due to gas stoves. Not only that, but gas stoves emit huge amount of nitrous oxide and even carbon monoxide. You know, what people who commit suicide using a car and a hose die from. Oh, and the final thing. Fossil gas, also called natural gas, is really mainly methane, which is a greenhouse gas that is 30 times more potent than CO2. And when you light the stove, that methane turns into CO2 as well, as well as all these other pollutants that causes asthma. Think about this for a second. We have an industry that is spending millions of dollars every year on propaganda against you and to lobby politicians to block action against these mass polluters in our homes. Pollution that has a 50-50 chance of giving your kids asthma and it runs on greenhouse gas that is 30 times more powerful than CO2. Think about that. Why do we allow this to happen? To solve the climate crisis, one of the key things that we must do is to replace all fossil fuels with a cleaner alternative. Just about all the replacements we need to make doesn't really need a climate crisis as a motivator actually. By this I mean, the replacements is usually cheaper, more convenient and oh, doesn't kill people. This for sure is one of these cases. In the news, here are the most interesting and important news items from last week. Story we follow. U.S. presidential election. Okay, final post about U.S. election. I air quote promise. Climate experts react to Biden win. One potential Biden advisor is giving climate activists nightmares. Voting Trump out is not enough. Now the hard work begins. 
Biden promised to expose climate outlaws, and here's who should be on that list. A reminder of how much climate legislation Trump removed and that Biden has to get back. And an interesting question, did Trump scare Americans into care about climate change? If though, thanks? Nah. List of 10 things Biden should do on his first day in office, and there's another list in there as well. Better Petroleum's BP's climate aspirations. BP has announced that it will slash oil production by 40%. If history teaches us anything, it is that this will be just another load of bullcrap, just like Beyond Petroleum were 20 years ago. But we will see. By putting the story up top here, we aim to track it very carefully. BP launches green hydrogen project with Ørsted. The idea is to provide 20% of the energy required to run a fossil fuel refinery using green hydrogen. I've been commenting around the internet on this and especially on Ørsted's role in it this past week. I simply don't understand why anybody would want to use green hydrogen to produce fossil fuels and why Ørsted would take part in this. It appears that it's only me and one other guy that caught on to this. And now for some science and climate news. Atlantic hurricane season breaks record with Hurricane Theta and just prior to publishing time IOTA. And also Hurricane Eta makes fourth, fourth landfall. As it turns out, global warming makes hurricanes weaken slower after hitting land. And climate change threatened great tits. True story. Kudos to my fellow ornithologists out there who didn't just click that link to see great tits. Or maybe you did. World heritage status for Scottish peat bugs could help UK net zero goals. Among them, the world's largest carbon store. And now for technology news. Global renewable investments fall short of reaching climate goals. But despite that, wind and solar capacity is expected to overtake coal and gas by 2024. And a new record for US wind turbine installations. And now for some startup news. Spotlight on Totemark Energy, a promising fusion startup from Berkshire. MND's infrastructure arm invests 150 million pounds in UK battery startup Sinobi. And Waste to H converts waste into hydrogen. And now for some investing news. It's hard to tell how serious banks are about climate change, as the economy is headed that way anyway. The Central Bank of the US has identified climate change as a risk for the first time ever and 935 companies should be blacklisted for their ties to the coal industry. And now for some news about major carbon emitters. How one consulting company, FTI Consulting, drove propaganda campaigns for big oil. The world's biggest coal company warns of second bankruptcy in five years. And fossil fuel companies aren't doing shit about reducing emissions despite lots of PR. And approximately $265 million of Polish taxpayer money went into an abandoned coal power plant. And now for some news about politics. COVID recovery plans threaten climate action. If you hadn't noticed, politicians like to set goals decade ahead but flinch when it comes to immediate action. A list of the countries pioneering a greener future, and it's not who you hear the most about usually. And leading climate scientist urges political leaders to go beyond net zero and restore the climate by removing CO2 from the atmosphere as well. And now, climate justice. Here's what it will take for Biden-Harris to deliver on climate justice. A Korean palm oil giant has been buying up rainforest in Asia only to set it on fire. A Japanese coal power plant in Java threatened local communities. 
or we can save book club and other books. He did book club week six and a look at people who voted for Biden for the environment. And now for all the other stuff that we couldn't fit into any other category than the other category. Buddha would have been green, says Dalai Lama, and he's not the only religious leader who is pushing for climate action. And finally, the tragedy of climate dildos. Yes, there is such a thing. And now for your listening pleasure, podcasts. Generation Green New Deal episode, conversation with Leah Stokes. Leah is a UC Santa Barbara political science professor and one of the most outspoken climate academics. Leah is fantastic. I found her way of looking at the different movement as an ecosystem really interesting. Each group fulfilling a particular important role in order to push political action. Drilled, Season 5, Episode 7, The Lynchpin. Next episode in the case above Sharon's atrocities in Ecuador. This time Sharon goes after the filmmaker of Crude. How to save a planet. The episode, are electric cars really better for the climate? Yes. Still, you can't get too many of these with all the fossil fuel propaganda crap that somehow always seems to reach mainstream media about this topic. The Energy Gang. Episode, Day 1 Climate Priorities for Biden's White House. The gang discusses the most important thing that Biden must focus on, and they also look at the recent pledges by a lot of major countries such as China and South Korea. One way to take action. Banish gas stoves. The problem. Gas stoves and the war for your indoor climate. I feel like I already highlighted the problem of gas stoves in the introduction, so we're going to skip the problem description and instead go straight to the solutions. If you haven't read the introductions to this newsletter, I encourage you to go read it now. Solutions. Pass the gas. <laughs> ha ha ha. Sorry, with all the ominous talk about gas, I had to make one joke. The good news about this problem of gas stoves is that it's really pretty easily solvable. All it takes is for you to replace your gas stove with a different kind. This is among the top personal climate actions you can do for the climate, but also for the health of your family. However, depending on what kind of home you live in, it may be varyingly challenging. One action, get rid of your gas stove. Before you get rid of your gas stove, the most important thing you need to do is to figure out if the electricity installation in your house or apartment can power an induction or ceramic stove. Then what you need to do depends on your situation. Don't have gas. You remember the action from last week about talking? That one works for the gas stoves too. So even if you don't have gas, next time you're at somebody's house and they have a gas stove, tell them about how bad it is for the climate, for the health of the inhabitants, especially if they have small children. House owners. If you own your house, then it's the easiest of all. All it takes for you is to go to a store, pick a new stove, and have them install the new one, and then get somebody to remove your gas installation. This is mandatory in some countries, such as Denmark. Here you cannot have a gas installation that is not in use. Kind of makes sense for fire hazards, I guess, but probably also just another barrier the fossil fuel industry has managed to put up. Therefore, you probably need to contact whoever supplies your gas and talk with them to figure out what needs to happen. Apartments. Before researching for this newsletter, I actually thought that this was some of a, some of a hassle to do. But at least in Denmark, it seems pretty easy. You need to do three things. Figure out if it's allowed to take down your gas installation in your apartment. Some apartment buildings doesn't allow it. Get the gas installation taken down by contacting who supplies your gas and get them to come and shut it down. And finally, buy a new stove. But this is where the fun begins. 
if you are friendly with your neighbors, perhaps you can organize that everyone or a lot of people switch away from gas stoves. Suddenly, you not only help yourself create a better indoor climate and reduce emissions, but you help multiple people in your building do the same. Perhaps you can even get a better deal on the various parts of the process if you are more people. And renters. If you're a renter, you're probably out of luck, as it's highly unlikely that you have the right to replace a stove. But there's a few things that you can try, especially if you have a good relationship with your landlord. First one is talk to them about the threat of gas stoves in homes, both health and climate angle. If you're lucky, they might just care enough about these things that they want to do it anyway. Again, this is a great opportunity for achieving scale, especially if your landlord owns multiple properties. Ask them if you can replace it if you pay for it yourself, provided that you're willing to do that, of course. I would guess that for most landlords, this would be a no-brainer. Perhaps you can ask for a small rent drop if you do, do it or something similar. And the final option is I can't or you won't replace it. Perhaps you like cooking with a gas stove, despite what I've been telling you in this newsletter, or perhaps you simply don't have the funds to replace your stove. That's fair and 100% an issue with this transformation we all have to go through. But you can still talk. Talk to your friends, family and co-workers about the threat of gas stoves in homes. Community, help a stranger. Here's a few things I would love to hear your answer to in the comments below. Do you have a gas stove? Are you getting rid of it? If not, why not? Have you already gotten rid of it? Why do you do it? Was it difficult? Can you mobilize other people to get rid of it? That's it for this week, folks. If you feel like I'm missing something, please let me know at michael at weeklyclimate.com. And if you enjoy this newsletter, don't forget to share it with your friends, co-workers, and people you think could benefit from reading or listening to it. And if you got directed here by a friend or another link on the internet, don't forget to subscribe either to the podcast and or the newsletter. See you all next week.